preaching, but I really love preaching when there's people in the room. It is so good to see all of you this morning. Thank you so much for being with us. And if you're online, I can't see you, but I love you. And I'm so glad that you are here uh, with us as well in this time. Today is the first in-person meeting in the history of Ignite Church where we actually have a space that's ours to call our own. So pretty, pretty amazing. It is an answer to literally a decade-long prayer. Uh, my family and I moved here in, uh, in July of 2010 and uh, with God's call to start this church. And uh, through that process, we were actually able to uh, launch publicly in this space February 13th, 2011. And so um, we're coming up on our 10-year uh, anniversary or birthday as a church. Um, it was really fun because I actually got, we actually got to launch this church on my birthday. So Ignite and me share a birthday. And so that's pretty amazing. Amazing, and we're just really excited to see what God is going to do next. There's a ton of anticipation about what God is going to do in and through us in the next season of this church. But I also want to say that before we, uh, I'm really excited about it, but I also want to let everybody know that we are actually in a potentially dangerous situation. We are in a potentially dangerous spot because. This is, what, this is some of the dangers that could happen. We could turn this building into the reason why we exist. It could be all about the building and all about making it for us and all about making sure that we do everything and then at the end of our services we stand up and we say, encounter God, keep the lights on, okay? That could happen, we don't want that to happen. That's not why we purchased the building, it's because, uh, but it could become the reason why we exist. The other danger is that what could happen is that this building becomes a giant wedge between brothers and sisters in Christ in relationships. That, that over the next months and years as we look at planning and different kinds of things, like we want to uh, remodel some things in this uh, space because our, our, our children's wing, we want to make sure that the floors are level, they're all slanted there, and different kinds of things like that. We want to do some remodels around the, the building, including you know uh, just a bunch of different stuff, surfaces, whatnot. And what could easily happen is that this building becomes a giant wedge between brothers and sisters in Christ because um, our preferences didn't get met. Uh, we can bicker about the color of the walls. And if you're like, wow, can churches split over that? Yeah, they can. I've seen it. The color of the walls. Or maybe there's something that you really want in this space, you know, but it doesn't get in. Or maybe there's a different way that that happens. Anyways, you go, and it's really easy to go, well, it's them and that camp and those people or that person. They never really liked me anyways. And you start assigning motives to one another. And this can become a giant wedge between brothers and sisters in Christ. And we don't want that to happen. The other thing that we have to realize is while we are very excited, and there's a lot of people in the community who are very excited about this, I've been getting congratulations from people in the Hornbacher's checkout line. Hey, Steve, heard you guys bought the building. I'm like, we did. Who are you? And how did you recognize me? I'm wearing a mask. I was going to go hold up a bank later, and I guess I didn't do that because it just didn't, if I was going to be recognized. And they said, hey, congratulations on the building. There's, there's, there's people out there that are really excited that we bought the space. There's also people who are really not happy with us because we bought the space. 
There are people who are like, does, does Moorhead need another church? Does it need another building? Short answer, yes. But they're like, I don't see the need. I don't know why church is so important, so why do we need yet another space? For some people, this space was their date night. And they're pretty sad that they can't come here anymore for date night and go see movies. And so they're grieving. And they got to figure out something else. For some people, if they wanted to go to a movie, this was the only place that they could afford to go. And so there's sadness with that as well. Now, we didn't close the building. We didn't close the movie theater. It was, it was declining and COVID kind of sped it up. But we kind of represent the people that took it away. And those feelings for them are very real. And so we are, we are praying and we are planning that, that we become a blessing to the people around us. That we go, oh, I'm sorry the safari closed, but you know, I'm so glad Ignite is there. I'm, so, I, I'm kind of bummed I had to change some things, but I'm so glad that that church is there because that's where I found hope. And that's where I found healing. And we want to be in a place and position ourselves to be what the world needs. And what the world needs is a church who will do what Jesus wants. What the world needs is a church that will do what Jesus wants. What the world needs is a church that will do what Jesus wants. And so as we, as we think about this, like we think about a church, and, and Pastor Chris alluded to this in the worship time, but the church is not a building. Just so you know, FYI, the church is not a building. The church is a people, okay? The church is a group of people who are followers of Jesus. That's what the church is, and we're on his mission, okay? So now this church, this group, owns a building, but we're not a building. But we're going to use this building in a way, and it's critical that we use this building in a way that honors Jesus and that Jesus would be pleased with. That's what we want to do. We want to use this building in such a way that Jesus says, you know what, I'm glad that you're using it that way. I'm glad that you're using it that way. We will use this building and love people, not the other way around. Let me say that again. We will use this building and love people, not the other way around. We want to use this building in a way that God would be pleased. Now listen, in the history of the world, this is not the first time that God has given property and land and building structures to his people. Okay, this is not the first time that has ever happened. In fact, one of the first times it happened was 3,200 years ago when God would give his people, the nation of Israel, a land that he had promised them. It was almost like it was a promised land. I can't tell you how long I've waited to see the eye rolls of the people. It's been a long time since I've heard a heavy sign go, that was lame, and I missed it so much. <laughs> missed you. And God would give his, 
his people a promised land. Out of slavery, out of bondage, in 40 years of wandering to the desert, he leads them to the precipice using Moses as his guide to lead the people into the promised land. And right before they get into the promised land, Moses is not gonna go with them. The Lord is still gonna go with them, but Moses has to stay out. And so he leads people right to the front and right before they go in and before he dies, he gives them a message that God wants him to give. And that is the book of Deuteronomy. It's an amazing book in the Bible where Moses, through God, God's using Moses to, to warn people, to encourage people, to, to remind people of all these things of that he's done, his faithfulness in the world. But he also gives them a warning. And I think those, the, the principles of the warning that we're going to see today is what really does apply to us. And so we want to make sure that we listen well to the scriptures and draw the principles out of what God would have for us today. So we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting in verse 17. We're also going to be jumping into 2 Corinthians later, but I want to start uh, about talking about like what are we doing? And first off, what are we not going to do with this building? What are we not going to do? Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 19 says this. Beware. Lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to, to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish." They had just been wandering through the desert for 40 years. God had fed them every day from bread from heaven, literally a, a bread called manna, which translates to what is this? And they're just like, oh, it's, it's, what is this? You want to eat some what is this? That's what they did for 40 years. God fed them, and now he's bringing them into a land. And, and, the, and Moses is saying, listen, you got to be careful because once God, listen, God's people, like we don't, always do well with blessing. We, we take blessing and we make it about ourselves and we make it think that we've achieved something and then we think that this blessing is just all about us. So one of the things we're not going to do is we're not gonna take the credit for this building. We're not gonna take the credit for this because it's not ours to take credit for. This building is a provision from the Lord and he brought this about in such a way that only he can get the credit. Like, only he can get the credit. Like, the way that this has been brought about is so amazing that only he can get the credit. This building was for sale for like six plus years in a pretty decent location, you know, right off of the interstate, and right off of A Street and Moorhead. You know, like, it's a pretty decent location. It's a landmark spot. People always know where the safari is, right? It's an, it's an advantageous place. And it was on the sale for six plus years. And there was only one group of people who ever talked to Marcus Theaters about this building. Us. All the while, by the way, God was giving us this space for some ridiculously good rent. For the first six years of our church's existence, we paid 200 bucks a Sunday for this building. That's stupid. Like, that's just unbelievably amazing. 
200 bucks a Sunday. After year six, they, we started using their projectors, so they had to up the rent to 250 a Sunday. Like, are you kidding me? For, for space that we could use, and, and Marcus Theater Corporation, super generous with us, very accommodating. They let us work with them. We hung lights, we hung speakers. They're like, yeah, go ahead. We're like, okay. Can we leave our stuff here? Yeah, go ahead. They've been so gracious and so kind to us for so many years. God protected us. God, God, when, we, when we couldn't afford to go anywhere else, God protected us and allowed us to stay here for very cheap rent in order to help us grow and develop. It was God's hand who stayed this church. It was God's hands who, who provided for us. It was God's hands who did all these things, and it's God's hand still. And we were in really serious negotiations with Marcus two years ago. And then negotiations just kind of fizzled. They just, they didn't go anywhere. And we stopped getting emails back from them. We're like, hey, are you still interested in selling? And then they're like, well, we're not sure. And then they took it off the market. And then they're like, yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out later. And, like, and just like, communication ceases in a very unusually weird way, which was really discouraging. And yet God, in the middle of all of these things, he continued to allow us to move here and be here. And then COVID hits and Marcus Theaters is saying, hey, you know what? We want to sell some properties. We want to do these different things. Are you guys interested? They call us out of the blue. Are you interested? This is the real estate agent. This is the conversation. Are you interested? Yeah, we're interested. What's the price? Make me an offer. And we're like, okay. So we did, and we ended up settling on $825,000, which, by the way, this, the dirt that you're on, the dirt is worth more than the building and like that. Like, the dirt is worth more than $825,000. And then there were some things, and we actually ended up get, getting dropped down to $815,000, which we paid for in cash because for 10 years we've been saving up and because we've lived so low on rent, we didn't have to send a lot, we've been able to save a lot. So God brought us into a place where we can just like walk in. And, and by the way, this summer, one of the things that they did, they replaced 80% of the roof on this building. Because they're like, yeah, you know, it needs it. The other 20% really good shape. So 80% of the roof on this place is brand new that, by the way, we didn't have to pay for. It was God's hand that brought us here, and we can't take credit for any of that. So we're not going to. Our wealth didn't get this. Our, our ingenuity didn't get this. Our shrewdness didn't get this. God provided for us. And let us never, ever forget that God has provided for us. So we're not going to take the credit for this. And the other thing we're not going to do is we're not going to forget what God's calling us to. In verse 19, it says that, that God gave them the wealth so they can get power, or gave them the power so they can get wealth and do all these different things so that he could fulfill his covenant. The covenant, the promise was, is that God was going to make a people and that people was going to be a light to the nations. That's what it says in Genesis 12, way, way back. 
He says, I'm going to gather a people, and this people is going to be a light to the nations. They're going to tell of my goodness. They're going to reflect my character. They are going to live in such a way that honors me, and when they don't, they're going to repent, and they're going to make atonement, and they're going to do these things. Why? Because God was going to create a people that was going to be a light to the nations. And we're never going to forget that God has created us to be a people, to be a light to the people around us. We cannot forget that. We cannot say, hey, we've arrived and now we're going to just sit comfortably and do what we want and and really literally tell the world that they can go to hell. Like, we're not gonna do that. We're not going to do that. We're not gonna forget what God has called us to, to make an impact in the world, to make disciples of all nations, to be witnesses to people around us. Guys, we cannot forget that God did not give us this building to make us comfortable. God gave us this building so that we can be a light to the people around us, and there are thousands of people within blocks of this building. There are more people that live in these apartment complexes within a block of this than the entire town and county that I grew up in. No joke. We will not forget that God has called us to this. This is is his building that he's allowing us to use to fulfill the mission that he has called us to. So if this is not, we're not going to take the credit for this, and we're not going to get off mission, and so what are we going to do? Well, that's a good question, and I'm glad you asked. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians, we're going to jump now to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and if we're not, this is what we're not going to do, this is what we are going to do. Verses 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and trusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There is so much here, so we're going to unpack that just a little bit. What we are going to do is we're going to be good stewards of the ministry that God has given us. A steward, um, I know it's an old term, uh, it's like a medieval type term, but it's the idea of like someone is in charge of someone else's belongings or possessions. Okay, so a steward of the house, they were the ones who took care of everything. I had friends who, when we were in college, one of the professors went on sabbatical for a year and, and they, had, they moved into the professor's house and they took care of the professor's house. They got to live there for free in exchange for taking care of it. It was never theirs. They didn't own it. They were stewards of it. This, this building is the Lord's. We don't own it. We're stewards of it. We're stewards of it, and we want to be good stewards of the ministry that God has given us, and that is the ministry of reconciliation. It's the ministry that God wants relationship. Reconciliation are relational terms, right? Like It's it's the idea of like when somebody reconciles, it means they're, they're at peace with one another again. Where there used to be strife, there is now peace. And Jesus says, listen, there is strife between God and mankind because mankind continues to reject and blaspheme and go against and rebel against the Lord of the universe who wants them to be a part of his family and they continually reject him. 
and spit in his face. There's strife between humankind and Jesus and the Lord and God the Father. And so what he says is, he says, there is a ministry of reconciliation that through Christ, God is reconciling human beings. It means he's, Jesus went to the cross for us and he paid for our, our sin and our rebellion so that we can be reconciled again. And God has given his church the ministry of reconciliation, which means we tell people you can be at peace with God. You're far from God, but God wants you close. God wants you part of his family. God wants you in relationship. And God doesn't hate you. He, wants, he loves you and wants relationship with you. He wants to reconcile the world through this, and he gives us the ministry of reconciliation. At Ignite, we do that in four major priorities. We do this in four different ways to help people um, be reconciled to God. Number one, worship services is the thing that you're in right now, where we sing the praises of God corporately. We remind each other. We open the Bible. We talk about these things, right? This is one of the ways that we help people and share with them that God wants to be reconciled to them. Number two, we do through groups. We talked about that this morning. The idea of connecting with one another and reminding each other of who God is and who we are in Christ and that we can answer questions to help people navigate their faith, that we wanna help them grow in their faith and build relationships. That's what we do in our groups. It's connecting people. And we do community impact. We wanna be a light to the people around us. And so we serve and we serve other people and we serve our community and we serve other nations. And we do these kinds of things through the ministry of community impact. The fourth thing that we do is church multiplication. We believe that we're not the only church that is going to do this, that there has to be many expressions and many groups of people throughout the world. And that's where we help people become disciples. We do this over and over again. We start other churches. FYI, this is kind of a fun fact. One of our church plants is in Ukraine, um, in Ukraine, and the name of their church is Reconciliation Church. It's named after this verse. We want to help people understand that there can be peace with God. And there's hope and there's healing and there's restoration. Jesus gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And this building is an established, consistent place where we can declare that message and help people connect with the Lord and help people grow in their faith and help people be sent out from here. This is an operating base to do mission. This is where we can have a consistent anchor in our community so that we can consistently bring the message of Jesus. Because what the world needs is a church that will do what Jesus wants. And we are his ambassadors. And so what also we're gonna do, we're gonna be a beacon of hope. We're gonna be a beacon of hope from this place. In verse 17, it says that people can become new creations. That all of us who are followers of Jesus, we became something different than what we were before. We became a new creation. We have a new heart. We have a new motivation. We have a new Lord. We have a new life. And it's really interesting that as ambassadors for Christ, God makes his appeal through us. The world will know 
that we are Christians by our love, right? That we have, we have our love for one another. The, also, the world is going to know that God can forgive people by watching us be forgiven. God makes his appeal through us. No wonder our enemy wants to attack the church so much. Why? Because God makes his appeal that he loves the world through his church. It's through us. That people will go, God is real, God can forgive, God can heal, God can restore, God can make me new. Why? Because if he did it for them, I'm pretty sure he could do it for me. Or if he did that for them, maybe there's hope for me. If God did it for that person, if God did it for this person, then maybe he could do it for me. God makes his appeal through us. Church, what an amazing responsibility and an incredible privilege And so we implore, we plead with the world, be reconciled to God, be at peace with God. Be at peace with God. Listen, there are gonna be people who walk through these doors and maybe you're one of them. Maybe you've walked through at some point and maybe today's the day that you walk through. But there's gonna be people who walk through this door who have had an abortion and who are like, I feel guilty, I feel terrible, I feel like God could never forgive me. There's gonna be people that walk through this door that they woke up in someone else's bed and they don't know exactly how they got there last night, but now they need to know that they just like, I just need to go somewhere. And they're going to walk through these doors. There's people who are going to walk through these doors that have made a train wreck of their life through addiction or anger, destroying every relationship that they have. They're like, I have nothing. There's going to be people who walk through this door who are struggling with guilt and addiction to pornography. There's going to be people who walk through this door who have been burned by the church, and this is the last time they're going to give anybody a chance, including God and his church. And there's going to be people who walk through this door who have never been to church before, but they just have this longing. And there's people who are going to walk through this door that are so burdened by shame and guilt over their past that they don't know if God could ever forgive them. And anybody who they're going to walk through and go, can God forgive me? And our church is going to go, yes, yes, he can. Yes, he can because of Jesus. Jesus through Christ, right? God through Christ, right? Like Jesus came to this earth, lived it perfectly, died a death that you and I deserve. He became sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. They call it the great exchange. The idea of our sinful life placed on Jesus, Jesus's righteous life and credit placed on us. And you're like, that doesn't seem fair. I'm like, I know, isn't it glorious that we don't get what we deserve? We get what Jesus gives us out of an abundant love for us and says, will you take my righteous life? I'll take all your junk and I'll take all your mess and I'll take all your brokenness and I'll put it on me. I'll take care of that. You take this and then you can be at peace with God just by faith. Trust me that I know what I'm talking about. And as the church, we implore people saying, please take it. It has helped millions upon billions of people throughout the history of the world. Jesus Christ, him who knew no sin, became sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There is hope. There is hope. And church, for 10 years, we've been a beacon of hope for many And for however the Lord 
long, longer has us, that's not even a sentence. Just get so excited sometimes. Good stuff happens. <laughs> However long the Lord has us on this planet, let us be a beacon of hope. And let God make his appeal through you. Because what the world needs is a church who does what Jesus wants. So I'm gonna do something today, and we're gonna all get really uncomfortable. You're like, awesome, welcome back, happy new year. I'm gonna ask for some participation because God is going to make his appeal through you and through me, okay? So, first off, show of hands, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have put your trust in Jesus and you've trusted him as your Lord and you're like, I follow Jesus. So raise your hand if you are a follower of Jesus. That's a lot of people. Cool. Awesome. Okay. So you can put your hands down. For the people who didn't, I'm glad you're here. Okay? Because you get to see something on display. If you didn't raise your hand, that's fine. I want you to keep coming back. We invite you to keep coming back. Check this thing out and see if it's true. Because we believe that it is. All right, so for the people who raised their hand, I, I read off a list a little bit ago. And I'm gonna read off this list again. And at the end of the list, I want you to be thinking about it as I read the list. If you have struggled with any of these things, if you have confronted any of these things, um, after I read the list, if you're, if you're on the list at all, I'm gonna ask you to stand up, okay? So I'm going to read the whole list, and then I'm going to ask people, if you've struggled with any of these things, I want you to stand up, okay? And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm already standing, right? So my, my name's on this, on this list. So I'm going to read this list again. If you've had an abortion, if you've slept with someone who wasn't your husband or wife outside of marriage, either before you're married or after you struggle with that, if you've been addicted to anything, if anger has destroyed things in your life, if you're struggling with guilt or pornography, if you've felt like a fraud, outwardly looking good, inward you know you're a mess, okay? Now, I've just read that list. If that is any of you if, you, if you fall on any of those things and you've raised your hand before this, I'm gonna ask you to stand right now. Would you stand up? Yeah. Yeah, I want you to, now I want you to turn around. I want you to look around. I want you to take a look. I want you to take a look. It's, you get permission. You don't have to like, you can turn your neck. It's not just like, Okay, can look around. Friends, we are not alone in our struggle. And we're not alone in receiving God's grace and mercy. You guys can sit down. You guys can sit down. That's a whole lot of people standing. And you know what? You can go, I've been there. I've done that. God made his appeal through me. God can forgive me. He can forgive you. And someone got over their fear and someone got over their awkward to tell you about Jesus. And guess what? You get to be somebody's someone. 
Somebody who doesn't know Jesus is going to hear the message of good news through you. God is going to make his appeal through you. We're going to be a beacon of hope. And this place is going to be an epicenter of impact. That's what we're going to be about. We're not going to take the credit because it's not ours to take. We're not going to drift off of the mission because that is dumb. Usually I'm good with words, but sometimes. <laughs> what we are going to be is we're going to steward the mission that God has given us. And this facility is going to facilitate mission. And we're going to be a beacon of hope because there's a lot of people all around us that struggle with the same things that you've all wrestled through. And the ones that I've wrestled through. And God's going to make his appeal through us. And we're going to see more of Jesus in our communities because we took a step of faith. Let's pray.